ASI Season 4, Episode 15 of the podcast, continuing on with single serve sex and love advice. This is Episode 15, and kicking it off with a little bumper by the band Flyleaf Platonic. What's Platonic? What is that? Yes, real quick, as promised, bumper by the band Flyleaf there. My name is Russ Shaw. Russ at ASI247.org is my email address. The website where Twitter, Facebook, all the social media stuff, Reddit. Do I have a Reddit profile? Yes, I do. Uh, it is on the website, ASI247.org. If you'd like to check that out, there's links. There's a book list. Um, feeding our minds. Like, your mind will devour stuff today. It's part of maybe why you're listening to this podcast. I don't know. But, uh, right? Like, what is your? what do you feed your mind? Like, going to bed, reading something good, right? Something nurturing. Something that's... Not just positive, but something that will feed your soul before you go to bed. Something that I'm I'm working on disciplining myself to do, even if it's a piece of scripture, right? Right before I, I hit the pillow, um, it, it's something I'm trying to work out. It's difficult, but, you know, staying up late, watching TV. It, it, today, with television, it's so difficult because... You can like binge watch shows, right? Like when I was a kid, you had to kind of watch the show when it was on. And then you got into the DVRs, right? You could DVR stuff and watch it later. But now you can just go online and, and watch a whole season like on Netflix and just, you know, it becomes like like crack, right? Like one more episode, I can do it, you know? I know I have to get up at 6 and it's 12.30, but just one more episode, right? Not healthy. I don't know. That's just, that's my life. Anyway, <laughs> how are you doing? Singles out there. Let me do a little review. I'm doing some shows on my, uh, ask me for advice on, on what singles ought to be doing or should, what, what advice would I have for a single man and trying to review my, rewind my own brain to the point where I was single is, is how I started the podcast, uh, the, these episodes anyway, uh, going back to season four, episode 12. Anyway, so I want to do a little review um, before I get into today's topic. Uh, the last episode, I talked a lot about social construct and social norms and what it's like to be involved in a church, right? Um, the last episode I had Jim Henderson on talking about some of the fear of that and how that there are people who are trying to work to create a more healthy social environment for folks who love Jesus and, and want to be open, honest, and real. We talked about his book, Question Mark, and exploring the question why people don't like church, right? And so... But again, I talked about some of my own story and not being afraid to find the 
using another Matrix analogy from the film The Matrix, you know, finding your Morpheus or Trinity, ladies, right? Being open and aware of what is good about the social construct of a spiritual community, a healthy, growing, vibrant, safe spiritual community. What does that look like? Um, so the last episode, my advice for singles was on that. The first episode, uh, 12, I talked a little bit about media and music, right? Like music impacts the heart. So as a single person, what kind of music do you listen to? What kind of music do you like? And I'm not here to should and ought to on you on what you know, whether you should be listening to 50 Cent or not, right? Like, I'm not, that's not my heart here. But again, my whole attitude, right? Attitudes of sexual integrity. What is the attitude that is the messages? Like, why are you attracted to certain kinds of music? And how does it have you feel, right? Does it stir up those affections? Does it stir up lust? Does it stir up... Um, wanting to be in relationship or does it confirm a kind of you know sex is like sharing pizza worldview right um wh what is it that's going to make a flourishing life in the future as opposed to just you know trying to survive day to day emotionally sexually spiritually I talked about purpose, right? Like going 90 days without porn. Yeah, that's a great goal, all right? You want to partake in the ultimate challenge as the no-fap, right? The fapstronauts would say, yes, great, do that. But there's purpose, right? What is the what is the purpose? What is relationship about? What it happens when you get around people, right? I talked about the the church I used to go to, Mars Hill, that was that fell, but it was still had some some social healthy situations and community groups where a lot of singles met each other, got married, and started families, which was a good thing. Get married young. Yes, go ahead and do that. Don't listen to the world saying, man, enjoy yourself, enjoy your spouse, enjoy each other's bodies while you're young. Cultivate a healthy sexual experience when you're young. All right? That's my, my Christian worldview speaking. But it's also based in, it, it, it's hard, all right? It's based in discipleship a little bit because it, it takes getting outside ourselves and outside our own selfishness to invest in a healthy relationship, does it not? And what does that look like? Like for someone like me who struggles with emotional issues, right? I've had seen counselors and I've seen psychiatrists, like therapists. I'm seeing a therapist now, all right? I, I'm not the best at this stuff. I'm not standing here going, follow me like I'm, Tony Robbins or something from the 80s saying how you should do relationship. I'm saying that take a step out in faith and maybe believe that some of the stuff in the scriptures is true, right? So a lot of this episode is based off and inspired by a verse out of the Bible that um, something that I heard for singles when it comes to 
being in relationship. Like why, if you struggle, like here's the one part in the Bible where it says, if you have a hard time controlling yourself in this area, maybe there's something to that, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's the one part where repentance is, you know, you sin. It's when the gray areas even of sin in this in this chapter in the Bible, in the Corinthians, it's a letter to the Corinthians who are a very jacked up culture. Um, you think Vegas is bad. The first century Corinth in Greece, just, now don't get me started. Anyway, First uh, Corinthians 7, uh, 8, and 9, again to review. To the unmarried and the widow, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it is, it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And that's part of the loneliness factor, isn't it? Like, this goes all the way back to Genesis. God is has gives Adam a job, right? Here, uh, name the animals. So God creates the animals, and Adam is is naming the animals, and he sees that they're two by two, right? There's two deer, there's two rabbits, there's two skunks, right? There's two dogs, there's two cats, and he's like feeling like I used to feel around my friends who were couples, right? <laughs> feeling you ever feel like the third wheel is a single person? You know, all your friends have a boyfriend, girlfriend, right? And you're sitting there like, like Adam with all the animals. And, and Adam's going, hey, uh, how come I'm the single one? Like, is there another one for me? Like, why why do all these creatures have a, a mate and I, and I don't? Like, he's struggling with that. And he's lonely. And God sees he's lonely. That's something interesting that Donald Miller brought up. Like, before the fall... Before sin comes into the earth, there's still a wee bit right there of conflict, is there not? Adam's heart's conflicted. He's lonely. So it's not, right, it's not sin or idolatry necessarily to want a mate. And some of our, the sexual stuff that gets stirred up in us, what is that for? What does that look like? Why is that? And part of this episode I wanted to get into is platonic relationships like when the sex thing comes in is there a right and wrong to you know you, you hear people like Christians will say hey don't have sex till you're married like is that realistic in today's day and age yes it is it can be and and I I do believe that but it takes a a radical change in our worldview um the word Platonic, I looked it up in the, the dictionary.com, right? The word platonic basically means to have love and affection for someone, a friend that's not sexual. And that had me thinking about this film from 1989, talking about worldview and how sometimes culture can stir up and define worldview and it's funny how this little clip was on YouTube and and it's just interesting so here's Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan from 1989 talking about right entertaining the question can men and women be friends we are just going to be friends okay great friends it's the best thing you realize of course that we can never be friends why not 
what I'm saying is, and this is not a come on in any way, shape, or form, is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. That's not true. I have a number of men friends and there is no sex involved. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You only think you do. You're saying I'm having sex with these men without my knowledge? No, what I'm saying is they all want to have sex with you. They do not. Do too. They do not. Do too. How do you know? Because no man can be friends with a woman that he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with her. So you're saying that a man can be friends with a woman he finds unattractive? No, you pretty much want to nail them too. What if they don't want to have sex with you? Doesn't matter. Because the sex thing is already out there, so the friendship is ultimately doomed, and that is the end of the story. Well, I guess we're not going to be friends then. Guess not. That's too bad. You were the only person that I knew in New York. So in the next scene here, Billy Crystal playing Harry meets Meg Ryan playing Sally at the airport. He's there to pick her up. Staying over? Yes. Would you like to have dinner? Just friends. I thought you didn't believe men and women could be friends. When did I say that? On the ride to New York. No, 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 no. I never said this. Yes. That's right. They can't be friends. Unless both of them are involved with other people, then they can. This is an amendment to the early rule. If the two people are in relationships, the pressure of possible involvement is lifted. That doesn't work either, because what happens then is the person you're involved with can't understand why you need to be friends with the person you're just friends with. Like it means something is missing from the relationship and why do you have to go outside to get it? Then when you say, no, 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 it's not true, nothing is missing from the relationship, the person you're involved with then accuses you of being secretly attracted to the person you're just friends with. Which you probably are, I mean, come on, who the hell are we kidding? Let's face it. Which brings us back to the early rule before the amendment, which is men and women can't be friends. So where does it leave us? Harry? Okay. Goodbye. Okay. I love that movie. I love Billy Crystal in that scene and throughout the movie trying to explain the spark, right? There's 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 a spark. There's something that happens relationally. There's something that occurs between two people. Uh, the book Song of Songs, right? Songs of Solomon says that don't awaken love before it's time. Like there's this affection that gets stirred up. There's this charge that takes place this ignition that lights up right what is that where is that what why does that occur and 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 what does that have to do with what's platonic and when it comes more than friends right getting into stuff like that so i was going to talk about you know i I talked about that in the last episode i was going to play that song platonic by the flyleaf we're going to talk about the ignition and the spark and I realized that, hey, I'm a married guy. Maybe I need to have some single folks on the show later on to talk about that, all right? Because that's ugh, that's one of those things, man. So, yes, craving the spark. What is that? Do we reason it out? Is it based on our worldview? Is it based on who we are? Part of who we are is influenced by culture and the lessons we learn and right billy crystal's character in this movie trying to reason out what he knows to be true as his heart is is being pulled in different directions right and he's trying to explain to himself because of who he is 
why this is all happening and, and how he should rationalize it. How do we rationalize something that's not rational? So much of relationship isn't rational, right? It's, it's so relational. It's so based on rhythms and flow and courage and getting out of ourselves, knowing ourselves, knowing who we are. It's difficult, man. It's not easy, but it is rewarding. It does take courage. And maybe that's some stuff for you this week to think about some kind of relational homework, right? Is to think about who you are in the gathering of all of your life experience up to this point. It's sober judgment on on why we make the decisions that we make, whether you're married or single, all right? This isn't just a, a piece for the single folks. It's very important, maybe more important for single folks. I don't know. Um, issues of codependency, and the more I've studied codependency from a psychological perspective and matching that up with a Christian worldview, because you know, once you're married, we believe in this thing called covenant marriage. But there's also parts of the scripture where Jesus is going to say, you know, things like, hey, your enemies come from behind your own front door, stuff like that. Um, not that we look at our spouse as the enemy, right? But what what does it mean to be in relationship? Uh, I heard a, a marriage counselor say something really powerful, very, very wise. He said that every time someone comes into his office with some kind of marital issue, it's because one or both of the people in the marriage, in that covenant, in that oneness are acting like single people, right? Somewhere in their psyche, somewhere in, in their relationship construct, somewhere in their past life experience, maybe there was some trauma and that's probably pretty much all of us, right? We have some form of trauma, but some is worse than others. And some of it can manifest itself in ways that just want us to stay kind of single, even if we're married. And my dog is at the door, so that's a, a cue to <laughs> wrap this up. Um, so uh, I'm going to play some stuff that I recorded a few weeks ago. And I'm going to go off to work and I'm going to leave you with some stuff I recorded a few weeks ago on the topic of identity and discovering who we are and, and the tools that are out there for singles that I didn't even care or realize that was out there when I was single. But I wish somebody would have told me this stuff right here, what I'm about to tell you. So that's part of this is, uh, you know, giving advice <laughs> that I didn't receive and uh yeah i love you guys it's for for reals for reals so here you go here's some stuff i recorded a few weeks ago bye Personality tests. If you've never done like a Briggs and Stratton 
uh, CVI. I have a, a friend, kind of an acquaintance, who uh, works for the, uh, I think it's Taylor Protocols, which does the CVI, which is one of the best tests out there for understanding your gifts and talents um, and learning really who you are on a personality basis. Uh, I might have Pastor Rick on the show again because at AC3 in Marysville, they implemented uh, a personality kind of a test in order to encourage and affirm different personalities coming together. So, right, you, you get people doing life together and different personalities tend to clash, right? So he would have, like, he would do a sermon. I mean, he would just do this on Sunday. I think he does it once a year still. I'm not sure. Um, but you find out who you are. And then it's like a an animal thing, like otters and beavers. And so Gary Smalley, um, took one of these personality tests and kind of made it his own sort of a thing. and But it really does help understand, it's very basic, very simple, who you are and who you're um, interacting with. That's what's cool about the technology today is that there's websites that use these personality algorithms and right, proven scientific methods to... Um, build a sustainable relationship. Um, you know, these are the Christian, not necessarily Christian, but there's websites, there's Christian ones, and then there's, quote, secular ones. eHarmony.com uh, was started by a, a Christian dude who worked for Focus uh, on the Family for a while. Best one that I've heard from just being a geek that loves social psychology. <laughs> well, from what I understand, eHarmony.com is is the best out there as far as longevity of relationships. Um, people that get married through meeting each other on the system, um, they have the best track record out there. From what I've heard, there's been you know like social scientists who have tried to infiltrate eHarmony like spies or something, right? From Stanford and Berkeley and places like this, Yale, you know, they've been trying to get what makes eHarmony so successful. Um, but then they protect their their system, right? Like they ask you a series of questions, you do these surveys, and somehow how it comes out, how they mix that all together. Like these, the social scientists are really curious about that, but they protect it like the Kentucky fried chicken recipe, right? <laughs> they don't want, they don't want that secret getting out. Um, understandable, but it's, it is the most expensive from what I understand, but it's also, uh, the most successful. Uh, Christian mingle is another, uh, website where Christians, uh, meet each other. And the idea is, you know, if you love Jesus, they love Jesus, you, you're going to a church, right? Um, that can be helpful. Yes. There's a lot of different denominations and people believe a lot of different stuff, but I don't know the research on Christian mingle and how well they're doing as far as, uh, longevity and success of, of those relationships. Um, the best way that I know for you to meet people at man, Mars Hill church. Yeah. Was it a jacked up system? Yeah. The, the church, was it kind of a mess? Yeah. Any church is a mess because it's got people in it. All right. A lot of people met through community groups at Mars Hill. There's a lot of marriages and a lot of families that got started when people just started doing life together, right? 
every Tuesday night, Thursday night, you know, 10, 8, 10 people would come together. Some of them were single and they started a relationship that way. That's not through a dot com, right? I'm not saying that using eHarmony is bad. I think it's great. But um, the organic way is still good as well. I mean, it's trusting, again, trusting the Holy Spirit with some of this stuff. Praying out um, that God would bring someone into your life is it's going to take some work and it's going to take some effort, right? Like the old saying, God provides worms for the birds, but he doesn't throw them down their throats. All right. It's the same with meeting a a, a love partner, a spouse or, or whatever, right? It's, it's going to take some effort on your part. It's going to take some courage in getting out of your comfort zone, whether that's logging on to eHarmony or going to a community group at your church or even finding a church, right? And it's funny how as a, as a single person, you think that you're going to be attracted to someone who's very much like you. And that's not always the case. Like Match.com. Um, Match.com, I don't know if they've gotten better over the years, but I've heard that as a, as a site that links singles with, with right a mate, <laughs> that's their whole point, um, they tend to try and find someone that's like you which is not necessarily healthy. It's not necessarily healthy for you to be with someone exactly like you are because your gifts and abilities and talents um, are different. And when you can come together with this oneness with your gifts and their gifts, and if they're different, I mean, my wife and I don't have a whole lot in common. All right. But we complement each other because we're so different and, and it's hard right? There's a lot of conflict in being uh, different personality types, but it, it's beautiful when it comes together with the grace and love and walking life out. So uh, personality test, maybe I'll put a few links on the website, asi247.org uh, to, to help with that. Because I think that's important, finding out who you are and some of the technology and research that's done today and social science uh, can really help you notice and see your gifts and abilities. As far as the organic is concerned and meeting people that way, um, man, Mars Hill Church, for what it was, man, it blew up. It grew really fast. Uh, the leadership couldn't sustain that growth. Unfortunately, uh, the church had its issues and problems, like all churches do, because they got people in them, all right? Uh, but... A lot of people met through community groups. A lot of churches have community groups where you, you know, you meet with some people every week or so. You go, you have a meal, you do a Bible study, whatever. You do life together and you start, you start to build relationships. You start to know people in your neighborhood and in your area. And uh, marriages have happened that way through the Mars Hill Church. Uh, AC3 where I used to go in Marysville. Uh, I just love those guys. I might have uh, Pastor Rick on the show to talk about. He does a personality test type of a thing. Um, it's a Gary Smalley did this uh, lion, otter, beaver, golden retriever kind of a thing. And it's real simple and basic, but it helps people see their differences in community. So when they do like a community group, for example, 
um, you, they start to know who's the otter, who's the beaver, right? That kind of thing. And it just helps people understand who they are in the realm of those relationships. Um, an, an understanding, a way to have more grace for someone who has a different personality type than we do, right? Um, growing in relationship that way, it's, it's beautiful. But understanding your talents, your gifts, and your abilities can help you walk out this life a lot more healthy than when you don't. Because when you don't know who you are, you just try and cling on to all sorts of different shallow things that just don't bring a lot of life over time, you know? It's, that's a big part of addiction, isn't it? Trying to push in from the outside some kind of medicating, right? Um, to help me get by, help me cope. It's seeking getting your cup filled, being satisfied or content from your relationship with God, being filled with the Holy Spirit rather than looking for something out there to fill you up. Because even the best relationship is not going to sustain you over time. You're going to need to be filled up with something even deeper, a deeper truth that, that can meld with your being, all right? Something that Paul Young says that's brilliant. He said, uh, he said to me when I interviewed him, um, he said, when, when the truth of your being meets the way of your being, that's wholeness right? That's wholeness there. Part of this is being in relationship with people, with guys, if you're a guy, girls, if you're a girl, where you start to talk out the truth of your being with believers. And listen, your, your secular friends, all right, great. If you have friends that aren't Christians, awesome. That's great. But this is where you need to get around your believer friends, your Christian friends. And I'm not talking about neat religious boys and girls, but I'm talking about godly men and women. All right. That can help you cultivate your spirit and your walk because the world has a different definition of love than we do. The definition of love is Jesus Christ. And there's a lot of people that don't understand that yet. All right. It's like the matrix, right? We're, we're in the, the ship and we see the world and in the system and the people that need to know the definition of love, but that's part of you realizing the truth of your being. This is where I'm at. This is who I am. This is what I struggle with. This is what I want to overcome. This is what I, these are my goals. You know, when other people start to see that it's a way to expose who you are to yourself. So you know the truth of your being, because if you don't know who you are entering into a relationship with another person, it, it you're going to start to seek out your identity through them. And that doesn't work long term, man. You got to bring all of yourself to pour into the relationship. All right. The relationship is like the banquet. You don't get your identity from your spouse singles. All right. He, he completes me. That's not necessarily true. Um, there's a good thing about oneness. But looking for someone to complete you is like idolatry, all right? You need to be complete with your relationship with God and knowing who you are before uh, it's just a lot more healthy before you enter into a relationship. 
And then you start to cultivate that garden that is the relationship. I'm not calling you an idolater for desiring to be loved by another person, to be in a relationship. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, before you go logging on to eHarmony or Christian Mingle, you may need to take some time learning who you are, all right? And how the Holy Spirit is filling your cup first, so you can bring that cup of who you are to the garden to the banquet, all right? And I'll talk to the married people for a second, all right? See, being the marriage isn't who you are. That's your relationship. That's, that's outside of you. Don't be a, a modalist, all right? Like you're one person at home, I'm the husband, and then at work you're a totally different person, like you're a different person at church, all right? Be, have the courage to be the same person in, in, in all of your realms, okay? Because you both feed into the relationship. You both tend to the garden. See, a lot of people think, I'm husband, she's wife, that's our marriage. No, you're like farmers together, and your garden is something that exists in time. So rather than thinking of yourself as, well, I'm husband, she's wife, um, think of yourself as you're the farmer, right? You plant the seeds or you till up the ground and she plants the seeds. But together, throughout time, you both are investing in this garden and that's your marriage. It's not your identity. Yes, your husband, but your husbandness doesn't make the marriage. I hope that makes sense. You're, you're a farmer. You're a cultivator. The Bible calls us, uh, right, cultural cultivators in Genesis. And listen, this isn't just about procreation, all right? But that's part of it. Having kids can be part of the harvest. But what if part of the harvest is that God made sex that good, all right? that he is good, that God is good, and the fact that sex is that good and feels that good is part of that harvest. The whole book, Songs of Solomon, is, again, the most sexually explicit book in the Bible, and there's not one mention in there of making babies, all right? It's part of the, the outcome, but the joy of it, all right? Don't, man, don't get so caught up in the addiction and the dirtiness out in the world that you forget about the joy of sex that God created in God's timing and God's, what the way it just works out with the seasons and the rhythm of life. I heard a guy say, you know, his wife's in his 50s and he divorces her because she let herself go, quote, Right. Well, she's 50 years old. She's not 26. And is that the fruit of the garden of your life that you want to cultivate? Seriously, that you would just have sex with a nice body? Do you want that to be your legacy? Uh, really? You think that's going to sustain? It's the difference between like Coca-Cola and a fine wine that's aging slowly, right? It's the difference between, you know, rot gut moonshine and a 12-year-old scotch, right, that's been barreled twice, right? I mean, that's, that's the beauty of the sex that you can have. Sex getting better and aging as you get older, all right? It's the, the good news. If you 
cultivate that garden and that takes work and that takes effort and that takes not going outside of it. It's the good news of that covenant exclusivity that you have with that one person that you get to cultivate the garden with, that you get to have the harvests with. It's, it's learning to cultivate that garden. You have to learn to do that. You have to learn that that is that your, your marriage, once you get married, is the garden and you tend to it. It's a covenant right? It, it will go on forever. You, you have that attitude. It's the banquet that's your marriage. The sexual um, energy and, and, and stuff that comes out, right? The, the sharing of each other's bodies in a sexual way through the relationship of marriage is part of the banquet. These are the themes of uh, Songs of Solomon, by the way. Very sexually explicit and sexually charged book of the Bible, Songs of Solomon. I'm going to close with this. Uh, Songs of Solomon, uh, chapter 2, verse 4. This is from the woman uh, saying this part. He has brought me to his house of wine, or, or some translations say banquet, feast, Um his banner that's raised over me is love. My prayer for you, and I'm going to be praying for you this week that hear this message. My prayer for you is that you understand that you bring all of yourself to that person that you're going to meet that you don't even know yet. You're a time traveler, okay? That person is out there somewhere in time, and you need to bring all of yourself and have the best banquet ever, all right? I'm speaking not just sexually, but relationally, where you're, you're, you're satisfied, right? You get the action. You get your cup filled, not by taking, but by giving and investing into the garden, into the relationship, and it starts now, right? Like masturbation, guys, you're going to masturbate. It's going to take three minutes. You're going to grow countless little crops of tiny corn that have no fruit. When you start to learn to embark on the ultimate challenge, right? Stop the masturbation. You start new habits, new cognitive skills. You, you start to build a vineyard. You delay gratification to build a vineyard. You delay getting drunk to make a fine wine or a 12-year-old scotch, all right? But it's going to take getting your cup filled through the Holy Spirit and through knowing who you are, and then you start to plan and build your banquet, your garden, all right? I love you guys. Uh, I hope that helps. <laughs> from someone who's not a relationship expert by any means. But uh, I do love Jesus, and I've seen um, really damaged, messed up situations turned around, and I've seen uh, singles in their 20s get married, and it's it's beautiful when, when the rest of the culture says, oh, you're too young, you know, and, and they're having kids at 22, and, and it's beautiful, and it works, and so I just... I just want to encourage you in, in some of the stuff that I've seen, all right? Having someone that uh, goes all the way back to Adam, right? The first conflict 
in human history. Adam's lonely. There's nothing wrong with desiring someone to walk through this life with, someone to lean on in the tough times, someone to share the joys of this life with. There's nothing wrong with desiring a mate. I leave you with this uh, by the late B.B. King, who wrote the lyrics to this song. He, he, right, he's a blues guy, so this is his song, his lyrics anyway. But uh, it's a beautiful song. I want to end the show with this. I'll leave you with this bumper by Imagine Dragons. Um, ASI247.org. Click on the music tab if you want to hear the songs in their entirety by the music. Uh, also, donations. Man, if you could give to keep this ministry going, man, I would certainly appreciate it. It's uh, It's running on empty again. So... If you feel led to do that, man, it would it would certainly help out a lot. ASI247.org. There's uh, links there to give to the podcast. Till next time. Bye. When the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only light we see Stand by.